Welcome to The Brand Manual, a podcast exploring brand identity and messaging. We talk to business pros who have something to say about how creative strategies fuel their brands. Today's guest, Ed Molitor, founder of The Molitor Group. In April, he put on the Unleashing Greatness event there at Texas A&M. Today, we're going to discuss all of the things that the Molitor Group focuses on and really what it takes to be a good leader. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Ed, thanks for joining us today. Uh, We're just absolutely pumped and excited that you're that you're here and you're talking with us and we want to hear everything we possibly can about the athletics of business um so let's kick it off can you tell us a little bit about your background and what you got how you got into the athletics of business well first of all thanks for having me i appreciate the the invitation and my journey with the athletics of business it started back on Actually, when I was growing up, you know, I grew up a uh, coach's son, spent a lot of time, probably 80% of my waking hours inside of a gym or a locker room, um, which I really learned a lot. I didn't realize the life lessons I was learning just by observing. Mm-hmm. You know, it was very, it was very normal for me to be in, in a car at the age of, uh, say, 12 years old and be listening to George Raveling's speech at a basketball camp. If it is to be, it's up to me or, or to pick up my dad's uh, Zig Ziglar book, See You at the Top, and whatever he had underlined in pencil, I would read it. It was, you know, and I, I grew up and I just had this conversation with someone. I grew up around a lot of great people, mm. a lot of great men. My dad had a, a, an inner circle that really influenced me because they weren't just coaches. They taught their, their players about life. And that's, you know, my dad was known for his commitment to the mental aspect of basketball. He taught me two things that athletics was a frame of mind game and that business, or excuse me, that athletics is a frame of mind game. And then, um, basketball, excuse me, basketball is a frame of mind game and athletics is a microcosm of life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I went into, when I graduated from college, um, and my playing days were over, I went into coaching college basketball and I loved it. And a long time ago, my, one of my father's mentors had told me, he said, Eddie, basketball's a great game, but it's a really bad business. And those were not the words he used, okay? But yeah, right. I'll, I'll, <laughs> for sake of your listeners, I will use that language. Um, and unfortunately, hey, Ed, I find... Ed, let yeah. me interrupt you real quick. You said that athletics is a microcosm of life. And you yes. said that your dad is the one who, who kept uh, rehearsing that in your ears. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds like he's still going strong. I mean, I saw the blog post about how he's finishing <laughs> triathlons. He, there, there's there's yeah. an intensity to him that I can see. You know, he definitely passed down to you. Well, if I can be if I can be half the leader, half the coach, and half the father, he was. I'm doing all right. Mm-hmm. You know, he he was. We have a very interesting relationship. We always have. I played for him, which a it's not easy to do. B right. it's really not easy to do when you're his son. Okay, <laughs> so there was only one of me. So <laughs> I had I endured all of that. But no, but he. I I, I guess I was lucky enough to be able to know that. I, you know, I had a great mentor, a great father, a great friend. Mm. Um, but there is a definitely an intensity, and he is—he is still going strong. He's seventy-four. Uh, he loves being around the grandkids. He did a, a, a triathlon. I think that was his sixteenth triathlon. My gosh! Um, 
that he's done. He's, he's unbelievable, but he, he doesn't stop. I mean, he just doesn't. You know, tonight we're going to watch two of my friends coaching a sectional championship here, which whoever wins that, it puts you in the final 16 in the state. And he's still got a sharp mind. I mean, he'll he'll be watching a game on TV. Or here's a better example. We'll be at our local high school game where the head coach is a good friend of mine. And he'll call me at 930 at night. And, like, the house is finally quiet, right? My kids are six and right. four. The house is finally quiet. My phone rings. It's dead. I know it's coming. I'll answer. I said, what's up? He says, you know, I really don't get why so-and-so has such bad body language. And you know what? If they would have attacked a 3 2 zone <laughs> like this, I'm like, Dad, seriously, man, you haven't coached. And I, and I love it. And that's oh, he's just a him. student of the game. That's right. But he is. But you know what? He really, um, he's very sharp. He, he still feeds into people's lives. He still serves as a mentor to a lot of young coaches, a lot of older coaches now mm. that are my age. Um, and it did get passed down to me. And it has a lot to do with the brand and the athletics of business. Yeah, yeah, because you find yourself also in a mentor position. You know, you're talking to people and investing back in them. And you like to see the yield and you see the fruit in people's lives. And um, it seems like that's part of what makes that engine, you know, run so so fast it, for you. You're, you're absolutely spot on. I mean, you're, you're absolutely correct because the real reward for me isn't the monetary reward, the monetary, you know, profits. The reward for me is when I see the clients start to get it, you know, and realize not just do they get it, they always had it in them. You know, yeah. it's just a matter of it being pulled out. And that's where the real reward comes from me and the relationships. You know, when I first got out of coaching um, and went into the mortgage business after we got fired at A&M in 98, I missed the fraternity. And I miss, I miss picking up the phone and just being a way of life, talking to coaches all day. I miss going to the gym with the guys and I miss relationships. Mm. And, and it took me a while to figure out how to weave that into my business world um, because I was young and I was dumb. And I thought the only thing that mattered in the world that was really serious was coaching college basketball mm-hmm. and playing college basketball. But um, he, he had that impact on me that people are what matter. You know, and I think there's something that, that I, there's a great book that I have on my shelf by uh, David Brooks, um, and it's called The Road to Character. And he talks about resume virtues versus eulogy virtues. Hmm. And to me, I really try to focus in on eulogy virtues. And that goes back to one of my, my mentors who I've been blessed to have a son on my podcast, but Stephen Covey in The Seven, Seven Habits, right. you know, seek first to understand. And he talks about beginning with the end of mind. And that's what I like to do with my clients. And, and that to me is what is really you know, rewarding. I was actually ironically just on the phone with one of my clients who's also a father of one of my other clients. Okay. And we're, we're talking about where we're at today compared to where we were at 11 months ago when we first started working together. Right. And it's, it's, it's unbelievable. And that's what's really cool to me. So there's a mentoring coach uh, component to the Athletics of Business and Molitor Group, but there's also a speaking and a um, – you're you're a communicator, right? So Mm -hmm. my question relates back to that core messaging. So what are the things that just come up again and again and again, those those constant foundational things that you're putting into people's lives? Um, How would you characterize that, and, and who is it that you're talking to? Well, I'll start with the message. And if you really, if you reverse engineer it back from like who I am and what I represent, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I compete. I work, I, I work hard. I have a, I have a, I have a, I have a little bit of an edge and that comes from playing and coaching at a certain level. I just, that's just on what it took to get there. But when you start peeling away at that and what helped create that, I think everything starts with being an authentic person. 
Okay. okay. To be an authentic leader. And I think the thing that drives your level of authenticity without question is self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And they, there's been many studies done and without getting into the whole site, site, citating them and all that stuff, but it is, it is proven that the number one determinant factor of the level of success for a C-level executive okay, is their level of self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And I think no matter what your role in life, no matter what your role in business, no matter what your role in your career is, it comes down to how well do you know yourself, okay? Mm-hmm. And then what do you do with that information? Do you, okay? find, do you find that people, that that's easy for people to discover themselves? Or do you feel like a lot of what you do actually is pointing out the things in them that they need to see that they can't? Or how, how does that work? Well, in the, I don't point things out as, as an executive coach, what you do is you have to ask the right questions the right way and at the right time. Okay. Because, because you, you like, if I were to work with you two, all right, you know, what's inside of you. I mean, you, you know, the answers, it's just a matter of, of figuring it out and having it pulled out of you. Okay. okay? So I'm not going to sit there and tell you, Hey, this is absolutely what, what, you're doing wrong. Mm-hmm. This is absolutely why it's not working, knucklehead. This is absolutely the way, you know, right. we'll, we'll, we'll really dig into it. And that's why it's a process. And that's mm-hmm. why you have to really not just buy into the whole process. You have to believe into it. And then we get to the root. And then once all of a sudden it's like, oh man, I, I did do that. And I did respond. No, I didn't respond. I reacted to this challenge in the boardroom for this reason or in this sales call or with, you know, this individual, okay, well, why, why did that happen? Okay. Then what, what, what can we do about that next time? So I, I, you know, and as a mentor, when I, when I do serve as a mentor to folks, uh, which I do I, for whatever reason I do with a lot of coaches, um, I, I do share experiences mm-hmm. and I do say, Hey, this is what happened to me. And this is what I did. And this is what I wish I would have done, mm-hmm. or this is what worked. This is what didn't work. But in terms of the executive coaching role, my job is to let you guide the, the experience and you guide um, the whole process. And I just ask questions. Wow. seems like those tools would really take root if you discover it for yourself. So it's not necessarily that uh, Ed is holding up a mirror it's more that you're you're helping them along the way to to de- to define it for themselves so that they actually have the tool and they can hold their own mirror up. Yeah, yeah, you're 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 absolutely right, Tim. So here's the deal: I can't define success for you. Mm-hmm. I can't I can't tell you what success looks like to you. Mm-hmm. All right, and and I can't sit here and tell you what your why is. Mm-hmm. All right, and I can't what's hey what's your singleness of purpose? That's not my job. That's yeah. not my role. It's my job to help you get there. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and then, you know, it's funny is I remember when I first decided to make executive coaching one of the three buckets of my business. And then mm-hmm. that's broken into executive coaching, uh, leadership consulting, and then the keynote speaking. Mm-hmm. But I remember when I dove into it and, went, and one of my mentors, and then we sat there and he's talking about how it's so different than coaching now. You know, you're not a college coach now and you got to do this, this, and this. And I said, well, I said, it's interesting you say that because the person who probably taught me the most about coaching in this manner was, again, go back to my dad. Mm-hmm. And I remember how annoying it would be when you're playing for him. And he said, well, why'd you throw that pass? I, I just threw it. No, no, seriously. Why? What What made you think that that, that was a good idea? Hmm. And then you, you would tell him, okay, all right, then what are you going to do next time? Well, and all of a sudden you realize that he was, he was giving you the tools to use. So he didn't, it goes back to the best teams are the, are the player coach teams. Mm -hmm. Okay. And his thing was, and this is going to talk into what we're talking about. His thing was he should be able to be seven minutes late for practice. 
okay? And I'm just making up that time. But he should be able to be seven minutes late for practice, walk in the gym, and you're going to be doing what you would be doing if you were in the gym. Right. Okay. Now, he was never late for practice, but, right. you know, if, if it's he just was. That's, that's been do. internalized so deeply that we all know in, intuitively how to just jump into action and, and begin well, moving. Right. And, and my role as your coach is we need to get to a point where you don't need me. Mm-hmm. Okay. At least you don't need me as much as you did. And you might want to call me and, and do an accountability check-in. You might want to call me and run something by me. And then I serve as a mentor. Right. But in terms of the real peel away at it and dig in, you might not. And wow. what people say, what's the time frame in that? It's different. It's mm-hmm. different for everybody. So it sounds like you have an extremely rich heritage in your field. Like that is, that is so unique and amazing. Uh, tell me, tell me a little bit like, uh, you know, from the move from college basketball coaching all the way to what you're doing now, what were some of the hurdles? What were, what were some of the big <laughs> problems? <laughs> I, I was the hurdle. No, it's funny because I, I guess you go all the way back to before I went to Texas A&M as an assistant, I was a, an assistant coach at a division two school right outside Chicago, Lewis university. And I was living across the street from Wrigley field. Mm-hmm. All right, my life was really simple. Find players, coach them up, and go home and, and live in Wrigleyville and have a fun time. Okay, so we get we get let go. Our, you know, coach coach gets reassigned, which means the assistants basically it's time to go. And I made a decision. I was going to see what else is out there. My whole life had been college basketball, mm-hmm. you know, or coaching basketball, being around basketball, and I knew I was capable of more. And not more. I shouldn't say that. I was knew I, I knew there was other stuff to do. Yeah, okay. Right. So I, I made a decision to accept a, a job in um, an offer in the mortgage business. And I moved back to Chicago. I was 28 years old, moved back to Chicago. And I was angry. I was. I was resentful. Mm-hmm. I was angry. I was probably self-centered. Not probably. I was self-centered and, <laughs> and a little bit selfish. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because I, I, all I had known my whole life was now gone. You mm-hmm. know, it's like the minute I packed up the car and left, that was it. I was, I was people said, you're reinventing inventing yourself. And in my mind, I was just surviving. Right. But I got I got in the mortgage business and I'll never forget the first day I walked into the office and I knew a couple of the guys that worked for the company. Everything was different. I mean, the vibe was different. The energy was different. The authenticity was different. The sense of, of, of team was different. And, mm-hmm. and I missed it. And I didn't and I didn't know what I was going to do. So I really changed. I, I, I did not. I didn't operate with integrity in the sense that my my actions and behaviors were no longer aligned with with my core values okay what i what i stood for so as i evolved and be, started to become successful in that business it dawned on me everything that my father had taught me everything that my college coaches had taught me was really ringing true that the same things that that helped make me successful on the court as a player and as a coach or what were going to make me successful in the mortgage business you know figure out figure out who you are what your role is what makes you good what's your strengths what are your goals what's your plan to get towards those goals and when those when those plans fall short okay make an adjustment and the mental toughness aspect of it okay you don't feel like going to work today why right to go you know and <laughs> and the ability and really the ability to communicate with people and connect with people and develop relationships yeah, yeah. and that's where the athletics of business brand really started to get traction and i didn't even know it Okay. So I bounced back and forth between corporate world and coaching, corporate world and coaching, corporate world and coaching. Uh, and then finally, the seven and a half years leading up to launching the Molitor Group, mm-hmm. uh, I was a VP of operations for a recruiting firm where we specialize in placing former military. 
And um, it was an incredible experience. I loved it. I loved the people I worked with and I loved the people I worked for. The people I worked with were, were the organization. The people I worked for were my candidates, were the mm -hmm. military military clients that I had and the companies we placed them with. Mm -hmm. And that's when it all started to dawn on me. Like, I, I love this, but as soon as they get hired, that's it. Yeah, it kind of evaporates, yeah. right? So yeah. you, you just mentioned about how this brand is developing slowly um, as you're overcoming these you know, it's not necessarily reinventing yourself. It's just um, trying to figure out what what is the best pathway for all of those giftings, right, to really manifest. But you mentioned mm -hmm. that there's three columns. You do executive coaching, you do mm -hmm. leadership consulting, and public speaking. Yep. My question is, is, you know, in each of those columns, how noisy is your market and how is it that you're um, focusing on positioning yourself? It, they're all noisy and they're all noisy in a different way. Okay. Okay. They really are. And you, you, you need to be very conscious of how you market each, you know, each area. And I can't market executive coaching like I market keynote speaking and nor right. can I do leadership performance consulting like I do executive coaching. Now they all complement each other. That's what's really cool. So if I'm on right. stage and, I, and I'm talking uh, to an organization, there's 300 people there. It will, my message could very well resonate with two or three that would like to investigate, you know, hiring me as their executive yeah. coach. Yeah. There, and there might be a uh, senior sales manager over here though, that says, God, gosh, you know what? I like to bring them in and work with our team for a day. Mm -hmm. So you, you, they're all different, yet they all complement each other. Yeah, it's yeah. great. There's there's so much of your world about uh, that that is just asking yourself questions. That that goes back to that very first thing you said. That is, it is about self awareness, mm -hmm. and that's that's just crazy to me that it it keeps looping back to ask yourself the questions. Have the tool, the gusto, the guts to ask yourself those hard hard questions. Well, and that's what it's all about. Because at the at the end of the day, who do you want to work with? Who do you want to work for? Mm -hmm. You want to work with people that that you can trust. And right? Can you really? And we've all been around these people. Can you really trust people that don't trust themselves? Mm -hmm. And if you can't, if you can't be honest with yourself, if you can't really get to know yourself and figure out what makes you tick, what makes you go, and what your kryptonite is, what pulls you away right. from where you can, you know, if if you can't. You, I mean, you're not being true. I mean, you you honestly can't trust yourself. Mm, and yeah. I don't want to work with people like that, you know? Mm. And it's funny, you just, something just dawned on me as you were talking how, you know, it comes back to self-awareness and they all sort of go together. But if you, if you think about it in the terms of my world of basketball and the executive coaching is at the end of practice, okay, where I'm going to pull you into my office, shut the door, and we're going to talk. Mm. Right. Okay. The leadership consulting is, is really you know, like practice. And then the keynote speaking is a pregame speech. And and that's the way you just combined all those things. And they, they are different, but every single one will only be as effective as your level of self-awareness. That's fantastic that those things um, all are in that one bucket of being a coach. And yet, you know, I, it's just fascinating how, how life happens and how things work out, that you were able to utilize each one of those components and put it to work in the corporate world. It's amazing. It, Sorry, let's let's talk tools really quickly. All right. Yes. So um, you have some noise in all three of these different markets. Uh, the when you're up on stage or when you're giving a, a talk, I mean that is a very clear, quick, clean tool to get your message heard in other avenues. What other tools are you using? I know you're you're hosting a podcast. Uh, I saw YouTube. Oh yeah, you're all over blog. the place. It's fantastic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Tell us a little bit about that. What what uh, tools have you decided uh, work for you? What have you discovered? And what's the worst? What's the one that you go, <laughs> I can't believe I'm having to do this. This is not, this doesn't feel right. Because I, I, we all have them, right? We all have some uh, platform that you're like, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure that this is a good fit for me. In, do I have to be really transparent and well, full disclosure? I mean, as, as much as, <laughs> as, as, as self-aware as you are, I'm sure that this is something you mull over all the time. Well, social media, it hasn't been a challenge, but it is, you know, when I'm spending time putting together social media stuff and figuring out that piece of the puzzle, I feel like I'm losing time with people. Right. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. But part of my responsibility to my group and to my clients is to keep generating more business and more awareness and touch as many and reach as many people as I possibly can with my messages. That's right, right? right. So it goes back to, you know, the things I looked at began to change when I changed the way I looked at them. Mm-hmm. And so figuring out the proper perspective of social media was a big challenge for me. It really was because it was like, do I really got to do this tweet? Do I really Instagram? Really? I just figured out this, you know, and I'm not, I'm nowhere near where I, you know, I should be. And I know that in, you know, I've gone through a couple social, you know, media managers, but it, it is, it is what it is. But in terms of, um, the tools I use, I'll tell you the number one tool I use is people. Tim, you can speak to this, mm. you know, our time together working on the Unleashing Greatness event uh, at Texas A&M. Um, I basically sit down and we decide to work together. Okay, what is it you need from me, mm-hmm. Fidelis? What is it you need from me, Tim? Okay, I'm going to provide that to you. What is a game plan? All right, here are my questions. Now I trust you. Mm-hmm. We developed a relationship. Now I trust you and I'm going to get out of your way. If I see something that I think, oh, you know, would this right. be better? Would this be I'll, you know, I will ask and whatever your answer is, I will trust. I think that's been the biggest tool mm-hmm. is my in- intuition. If that makes any sense whatsoever, mm-hmm. it's my intuition to build relationships with people. But in terms of, um, I mean, if you really want to talk hardcore tools, mm-hmm. I mean, we've done everything from Meet Edgar to MailChimp to, um, you know, whatever. I mean, all, all of those things, tried them true. And I could run through my whole last pass and show you my 48 uh, <laughs> passwords. Uh-huh. Um but to me, the the biggest the biggest thing that the, one of the biggest shifts for me was Facebook, oh. because I I was I was sure that Facebook was not a place I needed to be. Okay, Facebook was not a place for me to get my message out mm. because people use Facebook for other things. Mm-hmm. But then the more I just put simple things out there, n- not even through the Molitor Group, through my personal page, mm-hmm. or if I did a Facebook Live, or I just a simple picture of my kids with what was on my mind. Mm-hmm. Those people that see that, okay, for the most part, out of the like 14, 1500 connections I have on Facebook, at some point in my life, I called most of these people my friends. Right. Okay. I mean, I had a, I had a very one on one relationship with them, uh, regardless, but it resonates with them. And they might not be the people that hire me, but they're going to be the people that help me get hired. Right. And that was something that took me a while to learn. And I was very stubborn about it because I saw, I saw Facebook as a very negative thing. But the, the, the tool that I loved, the business building tool that I love, hands down, no question, is LinkedIn. Right. Hmm. Sales, sales Navigator and LinkedIn um, because that's where people are looking to grow Absolutely. their careers and growing as people. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That makes a lot of sense. Man. Um, tell us what you're excited about. Where are you headed? Well, I'm excited about talking to you guys for one right now, hey, but man. I 
every every single day there's different projects to work on right yeah. and so what, what i do is I, I take my goals i break them down into projects and tasks so every day when i wake up my day's laid out for me and i and, and i have something to be excited about no matter what craziness is going on in the house no matter what craziness is going on in my world um i like accomplishing things like if you look at my my clifton strength finders um the resounding theme is execution yeah okay and i number one is i'm a learner and i i, I love to constantly be learning the number one determinant uh, that's so common in 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 successful people highly successful people is that they're constantly learning Okay. okay. Um, yeah. But right now it's building a business and, and, and scaling the business and, and working on that and bringing some, some more people on board. I'm working on some things um, a little bit from the athletic side okay. that we're nowhere near really coming to fruition. Um, but they're, they're, they're two gentlemen that I have a, a great friendship with that bring a unique perspective to work they have done in the past. And, um, you know, obviously all the work that, you know, Tim, that Fidelis and, and, and we put into the Unleashing Greatness that has opened the doors to other fun projects that, that we are going to be doing. Fantastic. And, and I'll tell you what I'm really excited about, guys, the weather. All right. Yeah. We need warm <laughs> weather in Chicago. That's right. It's just around the corner. Well, that's great. But well, we really appreciate it, Ed. Thank you for taking time. And it was great. Yeah, this has been okay. awesome, man. I'm I'm excited to know more about you. I you know I didn't know all that stuff about your dad. I think that's pretty fantastic, um, and it's just great to to hear uh, real people doing real things with their lives. I think that's just fantastic. Well, I, I appreciate that, and I appreciate you guys, and, and you guys are doing great work as well, and you're doing, and the thing I love, I saw a post you had, and I, I don't know if it was Instagram or Facebook, where you had like the team party, the, the, the that was awesome. I mean, yeah. smiles on faces, and you guys have a purpose every single day, and uh, you know, I've met a lot of the team, pretty cool people. Yeah, yeah we have a fantastic team. They're the best. Yeah. I like them. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Ed, um, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Stay warm. Bye-bye. Yep. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Brand Manual Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. We'd be super grateful if you shared. You can find the other episodes on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'll see you next time on the Brand Manual Podcast.